Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. One of the other things, too, that I think is is really cool, um, and I'm debating right now. I, I know I just said I was going to be at Call Center Week, and I think I'm going to be. But NFT New York is is the same is at the same exact time, and you know, looking at their, um, looking at what they're trying to do, there is very little on the customer service side again of, of supporting NFT projects. So, you know, I don't I haven't spoken too much about Expedia Digital other than that we're working on it. Yesterday we we have full we now have full um, API integrations into Discord. So we can talk back and forth. So now we're trying to make it cool, right? And that's the the aspect of this. The technology is not very difficult to get connectivity. The technology is extremely difficult when you're talking about the user experience, the customer experience, um, making sure that it is as seamless uh, really as it is now or try to make it even a little bit better uh, than it is now. So that's kind of been really, I don't know, getting me fired up. Um for where we're for what we're going to be, no uh, no CCW, huh, David? I know. I, I think it's going to get better too. And I know uh, Mark Bernstein and I from Balto had a conversation on a podcast on kind of the state of. I just posted a couple of videos on that kind of the state of the the call center expo or show or sales uh, call center week and ICMI and. <laughs> You know, we also just did a big, and I know David, I know you were kind of a part of it too. You know, we were talking, I believe, yesterday. You know, a lot of these things have turned into really expensive endeavors, right? All shows are really expensive, but you know, for for the turnout and what we're getting right now, when you got to pay eighty five hundred dollars to ten grand to speak at a show, you know, I don't think you're really trying to drive value of content. You're just trying to drive a bottom line, so. Again, I, I'm no promises yet, but I would love to see, you know, if we could pull off, and I don't think it would be that difficult, but to do like what we're doing right now, right? To get, you know, I, I mean, the, the, there was, I mean, this, this thing's less than 20, well, it's maybe a little bit over 24 hours that that LinkedIn post was live, and it's got about 5,000 views already, right? So there's there's so much interest in it that I think we could get, you know, 20 to 30 call center professionals, contact center, CX, technology, um, try to try to hit as many topics as we possibly can and do just a free um, online, you know, two-day kind of seminar, online conference, that kind of thing. Um, and maybe and just try to grow it. I don't know. Um, you know, we could maybe do something in a couple of years where we're in maybe a secondary market, trying to keep prices down, try to keep that thing, you know, under 500 bucks to come join. Anybody that wants to speak, we'll have enough speaking time for everybody. Um, as long as, you know, you, you submit and you're, you can do, you can add value. Um, I think it could be something cool, but I also uh, did a big post for ICMI who has a conference in, in October. And, you know, I was, lucky enough to be named like a top 25 thought leader for ICMI for 2022. 
And the list of people on that list is crazy. And so I just said, you know, ICMI, let's get all 25. I'm sure most everybody would show up and let's do a whole track of everybody gets a half hour, 45 minutes. Let's do panels. Let's do AMAs. Um, if anybody has really anything important to say, I think that would drive a ton of traffic because the names there are, are kind of CX influencers, right? So they haven't, <laughs> I don't think they like the idea. They didn't, they have not responded uh, at all. And especially, you know, that had a ton of people that were commenting on um, and that kind of went, I don't want to say viral. I don't know what viral means anymore, but um, was, was a heavier, heavier of you post uh, for sure. All right, Dave, you got a question here? Yeah, no, no oh, I, I'm sorry. You, you're talking about that. Yeah, I agree. Right. So, you know, for the show, right. With the tech available, it, it would be very, I mean, you, this, I use StreamYard, which is a really, really cool, um, you know, this, this, this kind of platform that we're on. So I can upload any, any uh, podcasts. I can upload videos. I can upload PowerPoints. Right. So, you know, each and every single one of these, we could, we could do just this easy. Right. And it's kind of totally free. And then everybody would have a ton of content as well. Um, you know, the more I talk about it and the more like people like you kind of poke me at it. Um, I think it's, it's something that, we definitely could do. And to be honest, probably should do. Um, and I think it's, it's important. We have a lot of voices that aren't heard um, in the industry. And when you're paying 8,500 bucks, 10 grand, those voices are never going to be heard. So I think it's important again to, to get some of those, you know, I, I gave the example of a, you know, you're, you're running a 35 seat call center. And I think I said Lincoln, Nebraska, but say it's like in Dubuque or, or for Erie, Pennsylvania. Right. But you're doing some amazing things when it comes to WFM, um, when it comes to how you're engaging your associates. Um, your voice is never going to be heard. You're never going to, you know, even maybe make it to that show. But, you know, if we have some type of outreach where we can do that, I think it could be really cool. Bring more people in. Um, and then, again, my whole goal here has been to add value and to create a community of like-minded contact center individuals, right? Whether I'm trying to do it on the LinkedIn tips and tactics, whether it's just followers of me, followers of the podcast, but there needs to be, there needs to be a, a way for us to get together to, to help each other outside of paying thousands of dollars to go listen to people talk that have already paid to talk. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. Um, so yeah. Uh, and Michael McGuire from Noble Biz, who's just a stud to an, an amazing um, content creator. Um, I've been listening to a ton of your stuff, you know, does a really good job, right? not only being a, a voice of, of noble biz, but also, um, adding value to the industry, right? So, you know, you have, I'm sure a really big Rolodex. I use Rolodex now and I was on a podcast the other night and people were like, what's a Rolodex? Or they had to explain what a Rolodex was. So you have a big LinkedIn following. How about that? Um, that that you know we could get some some really good good people. Um, oh, you use Streamyard as well too. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy. Like I didn't want anything that I needed to to do a ton of work with. But uh, I, I appreciate you just hopping on, saying hi, and I appreciate you know what you're doing and and all the content. And anybody, you guys got to make sure that you follow him too. It's it's some really good stuff. 
and then we got a lot of people in chat that are saying hi, and that's cool. Um, like uh, like hearing everybody and and and, and talking to everybody. So, um, yeah. Again, this is really what this is. This is all it is, right? It's it's me being here for an hour. Um, I will just pontificate on things. If you guys don't have any questions, you know, most episodes we'll get you know six to to ten questions if that need to be um, thrown in. Again, I, I said I did a poor, poor job marketing this, so this actual episode. Focus really on the 3 o'clock. For those of you not here, coming back on at 3 o'clock to do a really cool podcast with Level AI. So make sure you kind of check that out as well. I like Fridays. For me, they're a little bit they're a little bit more laid back in the, in the, from the business aspect of this, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are super busy from my business, and then it kind of, you know, kind of, kind of rolls down. Um. As I was saying, though, a, a couple of minutes ago, so maybe going to call center week, forgot that NFT New York um, is the same exact days, the 20th through the 23rd. When I was looking at all of the the tracks that they had, they had very little again on, on the customer service aspect. There was one small thing that was on community management. Um, so, again, I think that this is this is something that we as an industry and I know there's a lot of outsourcers that are listening to this and will listen to this in, in, in videos that we that will post. Um, this is something that we need to to look. And people are going to say, Tom, you shouldn't say that. You know, keep it for yourself. I, I think that there's enough to go around here where this isn't a uh, just me, but this is a an overall industry thing that I think we need to look at. Right. So there are so many of these multi-million, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollar. NFT projects that are coming out and they have no idea um, really what to do on the service aspect. So I am super excited again, what we're doing with Expedia digital, what the R and D is looking like it could do um, the people at, and again, I'm not pubbing anybody, but at, at nice CX one have been pretty awesome as well. They, they really don't have any customers that have full integrations into discord. So we're one of the first ones there. Um, and, you know, hopefully we're able to, you know, make a change where not only we can help service those communities better, but we can make them more secure. Um, that's been a huge issue with, you know, NFTs and, and Web3 in general of, of people stealing things and, and hacking discords and um, doing those types of things that you know, kind of go against, I don't know, even kind of the vibe of that thing. So, you know, hopefully we can we can make a little bit of an, of an impact there, too. And I see Hoop. Uh, Hoop is here. Hoop is uh, saying jokes because I am in his CEO peer group, right? He is the, uh, I guess, the moderator of the group, the leader of the group. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm in a peer group with a bunch of CEOs here around Erie, which has been an amazing experience as well. Which I would highly suggest you do, um, or at least to get around somebody in your industry or even outside of your industry, kind of on your level where you can kind of bounce some things off. Very cool. All right. Let's see here. Let's see what else we want to talk about. Let's go into... I guess I think one of the other things this week um, 
that a lot of you got involved with me in as well was we, you know, we were talking about the concept of, of wowing customers of, of creating these, these raving fans, right. Of, of having customer experience experiences that are, I guess, so far in the positive that people, I don't know. They're like in tears when they come off the phone. Is that, is that kind of what it is? So I'm skeptical of anything that people say should be done, but really doesn't need to be done. um, Or they're just overstating the, the impact. Right. So, you know, for me, you know, wowing a customer is adding a little bit more than competent, right? And that's competent for your industry, right? So we know like if you're in in, in, a, in Disney, right, and you're handling those type of calls or you're, you're some type of concierge uh, service, a, a five-star, six-star, seven-star resort, right, your customer experience, because that's your mission, has to be world-class. And, and there should be no uh, no question on, on the – on the type of service you're getting now, but if you are a internet company or you're an airline and you're keeping people on hold for 45 minutes in queue, right? If you are a new airline and you do a three minute waiting in queue, I think that is way more impressive than the Disney experience, right? Because I'm going to come back to you every single time you have a competitive advantage because you've done well. And for them, that was wowing the customer. So, you know, people get so freaked out. People are buying books. People are spending so much money on consultants um, to get to that point. Now, we have to, as a BPO, and I have clients, I have to have exceptional customer experience, right? Industry doesn't matter for me, right? I'm going now against other BPOs, right? And this is our job, right? Our job is to provide a really good experience. But if you said to me, Tom, are you wowing every customer? And the answer is no. And you know what? If you say you are, you're all lying. Uh, we are do, having giving a great experience, and then we're measuring that experience as well to kind of prove it, right? Sentiment, uh, CSAT, NPS, um, KPIs that that are showing how efficient we are as well, right? So providing those type of really solid, really good experiences and doing it over and over and over, repeating it, right? I think the consistency in service is when it's when it's good, is just as important as, as kind of wowing and bad and wowing and bad, right? Or having a good experience and then and bad. And that's the hard part, right? I always kind of look at it like, I don't know, it's kind of a weird analogy, but like Budweiser beer. Um, no matter where they you you drink a beer, no matter where they make it, it always tastes the same. It's like this amazing you know thing. And it's, that's most most beers, right? The consistency that they go through. And I think that's a that's a big piece of, of the customer experience that we we really we really don't talk about. All right, got a, qu- a couple questions. So Andres says, Thomas, I feel like there's a lot of nervousness around the general economy right now. What do you foresee um, changing or staying the same? Contactors with, with contact center. So, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think that you're going to see a a little bit of a stall in new technology purchases and you're going to see a huge upgrade in consultants and trying to um, kind of upgrade what, what you already have. Right. So you know, taking the technology you have, most of us, you know, and, and when we go to consult <laughs> nine times out of 10, they're using probably 25 to 30% of their technology stack, especially when it comes to the, to, 
know, the actual call center, the running, the how they're routing, how they're using their the programming. And they're just tapping into just the, the very first part of everything that they can do. So again, I think you kind of saw this in 2020, right? Um, when, when things were very difficult to, to actually purchase things other than if you wanted to make sure that you had something from work from home. Um, but no, I, I think that there will be more of a need to make sure that what you have is working, what you have is, is being used to its fullest than to really go out right now because of all the uncertainty of, of making purchases. You know, we are, I am in a unique place as a BPO where every purchase I make, right? I can't just make a, a technology buy because I think it's cool, right? There has to be an, a help to a client and an ROI for me. It has to be both, right? It can't just be ROI for me because most of the time that's detrimental to the client. So it needs to help my clients and have an ROI c- case for me. So you know, I think it is a nervous time. I don't know if it's scary, but it's a nervous time right now from a technology place. Um, and I'm starting to kind of see a lot of those t- more questions on, hey, you know, can you help us kind of utilize our stuff more than it is to, hey, can you go buy buy some more stuff? Good question. Um, so this is a great question. So we just talked about consistency. So what am I doing to assure that consistency? Well, I think the number one thing that a lot of us don't do that we need to do is, is we need to benchmark our centers and BPOs are a little bit harder, right? Cause you're benchmarking each program, right? Everything is a little bit different, right? So um, I'm, I, I hold things twofold. Number one, I look at the efficiency pillar and then I look at the customer experience pillar, right? I, you you got to look at both. So what is the efficiency? That's your uh, occupancy, your average speed of answer, your handle time, um, are you staffed appropriately? Your after call work, all of those type of metrics that are kind of showing how efficient that you're running your contact center efficiently. So everything is benchmarked, right? So every client, right? We should have a um, average speed of answer of 10 seconds. Our handle time should be three minutes and 32 seconds. Our after call work should be eight seconds. That's all benchmarked, right? That's one piece, right? So the efficiency we're trying to benchmark. Now, the second piece, and this is relatively new for us probably in the last four years is we're using analytics to benchmark our quality right and our how we're speaking to customers so every single client as well we're now gauging customer sentiment and we're gauging agent sentiment right so we know that if you know if if Susie right doesn't have proper tone doesn't use words the, the, the right word usage if she's short with customers, if there's frustration, if there's a lot of hold time, we're measuring all that and kind of scoring it, right? So I think that's how you got to look at it, right? You have to use the tools that you have, right? Not just from an efficiency standpoint, but then start to get to the call. Now, if you don't have speech analytics, use your QA, right? And we're using QA as well, right? So how are you scoring things, right? And making sure that you have that benchmark and you know where everyone should be at. I would also say know where they're at from beginning to end, right? So if you have a rep that's only been on the phone for a week, right, you should know what score they should have as they're moving down the road, right, to get to, you know, where everybody should be at. So really good question. I think that's one of the things that we do really well, right, because we're so analytical with where things should be at um, to make sure that we're giving an ROI to the customer, that we're being as efficient as we possibly can, and that the customer experience is is where it's, it's, it's spot on. And any of this, right, 
we're trying to make sure we take out and, and train out, right? And trying to get it as quick as we possibly can with, with our metrics. All right, um, David. Okay, this is a great question. So employee engagement through Slack, Discord, Teams, uh, whatever your IM tool is for your work from home. You know, how active is too active? How dead is too dead? Well, let me put this in a couple ways. Number one, every supervisor that we have, we tell must um, put something in Slack every 15 minutes, right? So they must interact with their team on some level every 15 minutes. And I'm not looking for war and peace, right? It's, uh, hey, guys, great job. Service levels at 82% last hour. Awesome, right? And then that will spawn conversation with the reps. Um, you know, anything that is negative, obviously we're not putting in there. We're doing a a one-on-one, anything that's positive on top of it, we're putting on there. So I would say I love more active. I don't, uh, too active for me is, is, you know, unless it gets off topic. Now we do have some things that we don't talk about. We don't talk about religion. Uh, we're not allowed to talk about politics and you're not allowed to talk negatively against any employee or any person. Right. Those are pretty much the three things that we draw the line on. Um, it's also the supervisor's job to be the moderator of their team. Right. So if they see something that's kind of going off course, make sure that they're kind of talking that through. But it's always up to the supervisor. Right. If they see that their Slack channel is is dead. Right. Because that's like walking through your room when it's kind of dead. Right. So it's their job to kind of engage. And I think get that kind of rolling, because if you see it's five, 10, 15 minutes on a team of 16 to 20, and nothing's being said. Now, maybe you're slammed, right? You could be have you know 25 calls in queue. And the reps don't have time to, to talk. Yeah, but for the most time, even if they're in the call center floor and they're slammed, they're always finding time to talk. Um, so I think that's a really good gauge of, of engagement for the team and where they are. And I would say more is better than less. I think that's obvious. That's probably not giving you anything you know huge there. All right. Um, I've heard about measuring customer sentiment, but not agent sentiment. Is it common to measure agent sentiment or just something you are doing? No. I mean, mo- most of the time it's, it's, they're both, it's either or, right. And so when most of the um, platforms you can choose and, and normally it says client or agent. Um, so it'll start with kind of doing both. And then I think it's, it's stupid to do both, right. To make sure you're clicking your customer, your agent, and what we what we'll do is we'll benchmark um, <clears throat> benchmark our customer sentiment like we would do for NPS or CSAT. I prefer sentiment. I think it's better. Um, so let's just say like we have a brand new client and they have thirty five percent positive sentiment of their customers. Right? Understanding that doesn't mean bad call center. Uh, that could mean just bad overall customer journey. <sighs> We'll take the first four to six weeks, get as much data in there as we can from call volume and call data. Um, and then through the analytics and the words and the keywords, we'll try to find out why, right? Do we have a huge issue with the website? Is there a problem with their with their Shopify account? Is there a problem with delivery taking too long, right? A lot of times, everybody just thinks the call center stinks because the customers are ticked off when they don't realize customer experience. We're just one one cog in the in the wheel. So that's a huge, been a huge impact on 
what we can give customers, right? And what we can, we can tell our clients, right? Um, and then what we do is we say, okay, let's try to work on some of the stuff. Let's see if we can get that, the website done. Let's see if we can, you know, if you guys can, can fix some of this, uh, you know, delayed is in shipping. And let's also, we are, there's also a big call center issue with three reps that we're, we're hearing too, right? So if we can fix that, we can start to take that 34% and the customer can see it just go up and up and up and up and up. And maybe it'll never get to 80%. That's where we, we'd like to see most things, 70 to 80%. That's kind of what we have benchmarked as a, as a po- really positive customer experience. Um, but if it goes to 50 or 60, then we've almost doubled, right? The, the experiences that customers have had, and we've been able to show it and prove it. So uh, analytics is a tool that is turning into a, a want to, I believe, kind of what is a, uh, what is a must-have. All right, another question. New to the space, can you help me understand sentiment versus NPS and CSAT? Sure. So just from a, a term standpoint, NPS is net promoter scoring, and CSAT is customer satisfaction, Right. So when it comes to NPS, you are basically asking the question. Now, there's a couple nuanced ways to do this, but you're asking the question, you know, on on a scale of one to 10, um, how likely would you be to refer or to say that the customer experience was good, that our product was good, right? And a customer will actually rate that, right? So you're looking, net promoters basically saying, what percentage of my customer base would actually go out in this social web two world and talk about my, the experience that they had in a positive way. Right. So that's NPS. And they're trying to, to come up with a measurement of that, which I think is pretty cool. Right. Customer satisfaction is basically a survey for the most part. It's all that stuff that you kind of hear at the end of calls. Right. And it's basically how satisfied was it? I don't really like CSAT as much, um, especially when you're doing it after calls, just because the there's only two people or two types of people that really take those. It's the people who had an unbelievable, awesome experience, which basically means we could help them or gave them a refund, right? And people that are super ticked. And that doesn't mean that the rep was bad. It means that maybe the business rules that we had would not allow them to get their refund, uh, would not allow us to change their flight, um, you know, those types of things, right? So it misses this big chunk in the middle, in my opinion. Right, where sentiment scores um, is basically using AI and using technology to quote unquote listen in to these conversations. And depending on the tool that you have, you know, a lot of them is just looking at the words that, that a customer is using, if they're negative, if they're positive. Um, and then some of them were starting to move into this AI world where we're actually starting to listen to actual tone, right? And starting to try to understand the intent of words right? Which is at three o'clock, we're going to have a big conversation on this, just FYI. Um, and scoring it, right? What was that? A, was that a positive call for the customer? Was the customer positive, right? We can even rate things like at the beginning of the call, it was negative, And then it moved, I guess it, could, it moved to positive, right? Like we can rate those kind of things, which you could never do NPS and CSAT. And now we're starting to get into real time sentiment where we can actually look see on a screen how the call is going. Is a customer getting ticked? I guess I should go down, right? Or is the customer, you know, is the experience going happy? So I love sentiment because it's, it's looking at everything. I think next comes NPS and then CSAT for me. Uh, I know a lot of people disagree with that, but that's kind of how I would rank those three kind of um, scoring methods for, for customer experience. 
So, yeah, I think that's, uh, I don't know, that's my 30,000 foot view of, of, of kind of that stuff. But good, really good question. Really good question. And I think there's a big debate now um, in the industry of, of what is most important. You know, it, it, people still love NPS and CSAT because they don't really understand sentiment. But when I'm able to show them and kind of, you know, hold their hand through what sentiment is shown the dashboard, it, it opens a lot of eyes up to uh, to really what it is, to the power that it is. And um, it's it's a pretty, pretty cool tool. And it's evolving constantly and consistently. And again, not to plug this, but again, at three o'clock, we're going to talk to the CEO of Level AI, who is in deep into analytics. And they're trying to do analytics in a, in a couple different ways than just kind of word clouds. So again, I, if you're going to get a, if you're on here now, maybe take a take a break or hop off a two, um, get an hour and then then hop back on. If you if you cannot, it'll be a podcast episode. It'll be the next one. It'll be next Tuesday. But I, I'm really excited for it in all of our our pre uh, kind of podcast talks, you know, to make sure that we had questions right and that we're hitting all the right things. Um, it, it I'm excited to to kind of hopefully me learn some things um, and then hopefully everybody can, can learn some things as well. Yeah. There's a couple, you know, like people asking for programs. Like I don't, we, again, we've kind of gone over this in a couple episodes. We're not, we can't do programs. Um, I can't give you any type of uh, outsource projects I'm looking for things myself. So if that's your question, I, I probably can't, uh, probably not going to get to it. I'm um, just looking here. Okay, but no, hey, good questions, guys. I I appreciate the, I appreciate you guys kind of asking and and hopefully I can again continue to to give some insights into a lot of the stuff. It's a it's a new world. It's pretty cool, right? The technology that we're starting to really see. Um, and again, I'm I'm not an AI denier. Um, I just think it's overstated. You know where it is right now in the, in the industry. I think that it is helping a lot, right? Analytics and workforce management and, and routing and workforce intelligence and those types of things. Um, I think it's, it's really important. And one of the questions that I'm going to ask, you know, is, is where, where is AI going to be? I don't care about 30 years. Cause I think we know that, you know, the call centers, we know it probably won't be here in, in 20 to 30 years with the technology it could be before that probably, probably 10 years. Um, but where's it going to be in the next 24 to 36 months? I think that's what people really care about. Right? You don't really care about a 10-year plan, um, but you care about 24 to 36 months. And so we're going to have that conversation, which I think should be should be pretty interesting as well. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of my my afternoon, guys. That's my uh, my afternoon. Again, if you have any other questions on anything. Um, you know, we've answered everything from uh, obviously call center, contact center questions, technology questions, uh, NFT, Web3. I think uh, I think David asked me what my favorite food was one time. Um, I, I've been asked what my favorite color is. Uh, so I got that. <laughs> um, so and then what are my thoughts on contact centers doing video customer service calls? I love it. I love it. Um, I was talking about this. 2012 2013 and i was i was not in the right spot to do this but i was marketing it when expedia was super small i thought this was going to be the next thing so again maybe people shouldn't listen to me on the, on some of this blockchain stuff um 
but I think it's it's the next evolution, right? Of almost where web two and social media and the interaction of people um, through social media platforms. And then we were talking to people and then it's now evolving to FaceTime, what we've been all using um, and, and, and instant messaging. And now it's people are so comfortable because of FaceTime, because of those types of things um, that I think the video aspect is, is, is coming next. Now I think there's some nuance to that. You know, again, when you go through a drive through again, I think I said it last time at my credit union, you know, there's a person that has, does a video and we're basically doing a, a video chat or, or a FaceTime because they're not really there. They're doing it through video. I think showing things, right? Like, hey, my the wheel on my toy broke um, in, in being able to show that I think is is really important. Um, but I, I do really like the idea. It just can't that this can never be forced on a customer. This needs to be a customer initiated you know, kind of call every single time or video every single time. You know, there's some other things too where, um, you know, your rep should not go right onto video. They should answer the call, make sure that everything is appropriate with the customer because there's going to be some weirdos. Um, but once that happens, then they can initiate their chat or their video. And have a, I, I've, I've thought a lot about this. Um, and I don't know, maybe if it, people are interested, I could do a podcast episode I mean, we had a full almost marketing plan, business plan for this and all the things that we need to work on and, you know, specific backgrounds that we'd have for the reps that were, that were, um, that looked like the brands that we were working for green screens in the back that we could show, you know, specific things. Um, so interesting stuff. I'm for it. Um, but I think there's, there's some nuance to it. Um, so the, the the gig or like using reps that are like Uber, um, again, I think it's a it's it's a coming if not already here in some contact centers. Um, it makes absolute total sense. I think it's it's specific for use cases for me from what I've seen. Um, larger contact centers that are doing maybe short term things. I think it's it's a huge deal. Um, seasonality, right? So seasonal work in the uh, it, it, around the holidays. I think it's a it's a huge deal. Um, smaller call centers. I don't know if if there's that big of a of a need for it, but with the you know huge retailers, uh, huge contact centers, huge BPOs, you know, I think that there could be a really cool. And I know you know I, I know who's uh, who's asking this question, even though it says LinkedIn user. He's a little biased because he kind of I believe you kind of run one, um, but no, I, I'm I'm all for it. I think it's it's the next evolution again of where we are, um, and I think that the use cases, while maybe a little bit narrow, there's a definite need, um, and I've I've seen it. Right, we struggle sometimes with you know moving from from 30 reps in the summer to 250 um, for for retail. That I think from an overflow standpoint that type of, of service could be a huge impact. Um, so again, I, I'm, I'm pro it. I think it's, it's a great idea. I think just the use cases are a little bit narrow. Um, and then again, guys, I'm not even reading these. I'm just clicking them. So if they're weird questions, I apologize. We'll let you hear the podcast episode on video customer service. All right. There's a lot of reasons not to do it. A lot of reasons to do it, especially related to sentiment. I think you're probably right. 
Um, I think that it's specific use cases as well, right? So, you know, again, I think from the customer, the hardcore customer service side where it's, it's like a retail, things are broken, you want to show things. I think there's a huge impact. If, if it's just you and I from a banking, you know, I, I want to uh, you know, check my balance and I don't want to use the IVR. I don't know the, the, the great feel or the great impact of that. Um, but I think that there is some, some cases and I would say some brands, right? Like, like, what is your mission? What is your, there could be some kind of a a cool factor. I think that that could go, that would be not only from the customer service, but almost, almost a marketing tool, right. That you're using with that as well. So I I think there is some of that. Um, Yeah. And I, uh, David also says too, you know, his agents hate it. You know, when <laughs> talking about video, um, I think, you know, one of the things we talked about a long, long time ago in, in my center and here, just trying to get this banner up here. Um, so say, you know, in my other life, it was probably say 2002, 2003, you know, we talked about, you know, when the, the internet and the dot com bubble just kind of just kind of went. We weren't sure really this internet thing was was going to happen, right? Nothing was in the cloud yet, but we were talking about you know setting up studios where you know people were going to have to do their hair and, and makeup, um, and we kind of laughed about it at the time. Um, but I think uh, I think there's there's some real merit to that, and you know you and I or you and I all of us you guys who followed me. You know, I'm, I'm huge, you know, eventually 10 years in the metaverse, right, to have you know, our own avatars and our customer experience and our, and our call centers, you know, where you could just go, hey, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to go look at stuff. I'm going to go buy a dress in the metaverse. Then I'm going to go to my bank's customer experience and you're going to sit next to me you know, with your glasses on and we're going to fix all your problems. But right? I think that that's what's coming. And that it, it almost like it, it, I'm not saying video is going to skip it, but I think there's maybe a short window for video until it, it kind of moves to something uh, something else. All right. Um, yeah. So getting back to the to the gig, seasonality, harder staff shifts. You know, call center spikes, retail, political, DRTV. Right. All that short term, um, high volume stuff. Right. That is super hard for for regular call centers unless you're a you know a teleperformance or and you have you know thirty, forty, fifty, hundred thousand agents. Right. That you could just you know kind of swallow that up in a, in a short term. Right. If you're like me and you're 500, that's very difficult to do on a short term. when we got to hire 300 people for two months. Right. We probably can't do it. Um, so I think that there is a there is a place for for that. Oh, and then the, the question that, you know, is here every time in that if I had the answer to I would be a billionaire. But the best ways to fight attrition in the call center. So again, I think I probably need to go back and, you know, put a couple of the episodes that we did from the podcast and put them into one and do a huge attrition contact center uh, podcast. But I have a, obviously a ton of thoughts, just like all of you guys have here. I don't have all the answers on this. I wish I did, or I would have a hundred percent attendance in my call center. Um, but number one, um, I don't care what anybody wants to say. They can talk about the manager. They can talk about uh, their their hours that they're working. They can talk about the type of program that they're on. The number one thing is the rate of pay, right? So if you are paying your reps a an amount that is conducive to what they're doing, 
and also probably above the the means of the area that they're living, that's a huge impact. Number two, right? How are you how you're engaging? Is the is is your is the call center fun? Most call centers, you guys all stink at it, right? From not from running your call center, but from engaging and having fun in your contact center. Right. And people don't realize, you know, that's a cultural aspect thing. I get I get a lot of pushback on that too and says, well, some of my reps don't like that. Well, for us, then that's a bad culture fit. Right. Because I don't I don't really want those those type of, of individuals in my call center. I need people that want to interact, that want to have some fun, that I believe can endure can can endure kind of a, a customer experience personality, um, that they can go through some highs and lows of calls, right? That they're not just this kind of grumpy you know, kind of person that, 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 you know, it kind of brings everybody else down. So again, for us, it's attitude and effort. So, so let me get back. So it's pay. Are you having fun in your call center? Number three, I would say, is there any way to advance in your contact center? Because if you just think that these guys are going to be stuck in their, this job forever, they're going to be gone in a year or two, right? But if you can show some progression, right? If you can show that they could become a supervisor, if you can show that they can go to HR, they can be in IT. You know, the other thing is, especially your younger employees, ask them what they want to do. Like you might have some college kids that say, hey, I want to be an accountant. How do you help them become an accountant, right? This isn't just like how you help them stay on the phone more. But if you can show that you you kind of care about the individuals, that you care about where they're going, you're paying them really well, you're trying to have fun with them, right? That's a really, really cool way to keep people. And again, not everybody's going to be a fit, right? But- I think that there needs to be some progression, again, progression not only from a job standpoint, but even from the rate of pay, right, um, where, where they can continue. Now, again, I'm a BPO, right? Giving people raises is very, I don't want to say it's very difficult, but my my revenue for each client per hour is fixed, right? So no matter what, if I give raises, like my margin instantly goes. But at the same point, if my margin my margin could be here all the time, but I keep losing people. And I have to keep retraining and I can't bill for the training, right? I would rather have this be my margin, right? With people that are staying here and are killing it and doing a great job than this be my margin and having to just constantly turn people. So I don't know. Are, are you investing in the, in those guys? Are you investing in your people? Is that kind of the main focus of what you're doing? Um, most people will say yes, but when you actually go into their call center, it's no. Um, so again, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's super easy. Um, but I think people are f- more people than not fool themselves into thinking that they're the experience that they're giving the reps is good when really it's, it's a, it's a difficult experience. So I don't know. That's kind of some of my thoughts. I have so many more thoughts on that, even from um, um, our, the way that we pay doing going on a streak. If, as long as you're here every single week, like we I've talked about that, if not go check out the podcast, it's awesome. It's kind of raised our attrition or I would not say attrition, but our call off and our call outs by about or lowered them by about 33%, right? So, um, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, then, then David, you're killing it. And, and that's not a joke, right? And to be honest, you, you need to talk about that more in your content uh, because I don't know if it's lucky. I would say that you're doing something right, right? To have less than 10% employee turnover. And, and again, it's not like you got 10 reps. Um, I would be posting some videos on that. I would be talking about it. I would be giving people some insights into what you're doing because what you're doing is 
it's something really, really impressive. Um, and you should be proud of that. And it'd be cool if, if, you know, I, dude, I'd love to know what you're doing. Um, if there's anything that's, that's, that's unique or cool, um, or who you're hiring or how you're, how you're matching culture. I think, you know, all those things kind of come into play. It's not a, there's no magic pill here. It's just, it's a constant, I don't want to say battle. Um, but it's making sure that you're covering um, so many different aspects of the, of the employee journey, um, so to speak, that, that they, that they stay. Ooh, good stuff, guys. Really, really, really good stuff. We had a little slow start. You guys made me uh, ramble on about some topics. I, I was a little bit more prepared today because I figured that there wasn't going to be, but all of a sudden we got a we we got a nice barrage of, of Q&A. So, um, again, I, I appreciate that. Hopefully that this is helping. And, again, you guys know the cool thing about this is we, we'll, we'll cut these up and, and try to Give them to everybody who wasn't here too, so they'll be posted for the next couple of weeks as well, starting starting next week. So, um, just another kind of cool way, uh, hopefully that we can even kind of give you guys a little, a little bit of screen time. But um, good questions. All right, any anything else here? I mean, we're kind of we got about ten more minutes, um, and may just wrap this up a little bit earlier with with the three o'clock podcast, so I can prepare for for that last hour. Um, but again, if you guys are on here and you get a little bit of time, check us out again at three. Um, I'll post the link again here, when, you know, right when I get off. And uh, I think it'll be kind of interesting. And again, but don't worry if you can't make it. It'll be the next podcast. I'll be at Tuesday and uh, you'll see the video, the video as well. All right. Last call for questions. Anything else, guys? All right. Well, hey, I appreciate all of you guys. Thank you guys so much. Uh, this is this is fun for me. I look forward to it every single Friday. So again, please tell your friends if you got any value of this. I just please, I would ask you, please shoot this out on uh, on on LinkedIn or Twitter. You know, let people know about this. I'd love to get this to the point where we could have fifty to sixty people and, and get a real conversation in here. So again, thank you guys. I love all you guys, and uh, I will talk to you next week if I don't see you at three. <laughs>